0: It's time for what's involved, man. We got a jam-packed show tonight, and uh, two special guests. Yep, we got a two for tonight. Uh, we are chatting to uh, Brad Chalkin and Andy Golding. Hello, lady and gentlemen. Hello. <laughs> Good evening. We're just uh, we 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 having uh, we're playing share mic. It's it's called uh, Intimate Radio this evening, so that's uh, that's a whole lot of fun. Uh, the reason you guys are, are here is we're going to be talking amongst other things about your book called uh, We Are Still Human and Work Doesn't Have to Suck. <laughs> and work shouldn't suck. And work shouldn't suck. We're going to get into all of that. Um, I was, we were chatting off air, uh, I said, uh, Andy, it's the first time I've met you today, an absolute pleasure. Um, we're going to discuss whether you need a medal for working with Brad for, for this amount of time. Um, and Brad, sure, five years, eh? Five years. You, whether Andy deserves a medal. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm wondering whether I might deserve the medal.
1: (laughs) I think it's more a question of a trophy than Uh, a medal. Oh, you want a trophy,
0: you know, yes you get one. Actually, you'll both get one. Participation trophies. Thank you. But yeah, five years. Five years has gone by. Five years. We were actually talking, when I last spoke to you, um, you, were, you were sort of very into this transformational thing. I think it was the beginning stages of, of what has turned into your business now. And you're about to go and climb a mountain. And I still remember saying, you are nuts. Why? And you gave me the same answer as all other people have given me that's climbed mountains and said, because it's there. <laughs> um, yeah, I was on my way to Everest. And although the,
2: the rationale behind that has changed because, uh, it, it, yeah, it is yeah. because it's there. But I think I've climbed quite a few mountains since then. And uh, that's figuratively and literally. Mm-hmm. But the thing is that what one can never, ever explain is when you stand on top of that mountain. And it's kind of like the same as the, the second we, we saw our book on the shelf. Yes. There's, there's that euphoria that is impossible to describe. And that actually is the reason. It's not because it's there. It's because it's such an unbelievable achievement to get it right when you consider the amount of work that goes into it. Oh, and yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's it's, it's been a shift in my, in my lens as to, as to the why. Yeah,
0: even, even though some people, you know, sort of go Kilimanjaro, for example, it's mm. is, is just a brisk stroll. Um, I still... Would not, and I have the greatest respect for people who do. Anyone who says
2: Kilimanjaro (laughs) is just a brisk stroll. I want to see their summit photo because I'm
0: calling bull. It is not a brisk stroll. Uh, it's But it is allegedly an easier... It's easier it's, than Everest. It says in inverted commas. Because, yeah. Yeah. you know, dead is dead one way or the other. You know? it is dead, yeah. Anyway, so, so let's move across to Andy, though, because I, I know a little bit of, of Brad's story, um, and hopefully you're not as reticent as Brad is to share the stories. But tell me a bit about Andy. Who is Andy and how on earth... Did you guys get together and write what i believe is a brilliant book um it's a it's it's an instruction manual man
1: very much so it's, it's a how-to guide yeah. but um to answer your question the the shortest possible sentence that i can say around how i get to be sitting here doing what i do is because my first job sucked <laughs> It, it really did. Uh, my boss was terrible. She was dictatorial. It was a job that I'd taken right when I finished matric to help pay for my matric vac and it planted a seed in me that I genuinely just couldn't reconcile that for the last 12 years I'd worked really hard to get good grades, to get into university, to get a good degree, to get up every morning and hate the job that I was spending all my time at. I just thought that the, this can't be what life is about. There has to be a better way. There has to be a way to create that. I can show up every single day to work, whatever way, shape or form that might take, but I can show up every single day and it's somewhere where I'm being switched on. I'm excited to be, I can add value. And that was the the start of this journey, which, um, which then led to studying brand building and management with a focus on internal branding and company culture that then led me to a company called Missing Link, and you spoke to Don. I was
0: going to say, little, little company, heard of them, yes. Little,
1: little <laughs> company. Um, but Missing Link was really where my, my journey kind of, it was definitely the springboard for me, and where I proved my theory that work doesn't have to suck. Mm-hmm. You know, you can have a great time at work every day, working damn hard, doing amazing things, creating magic for your clients, but at the same time, creating magic for yourself. And left Missing Link to go live in Spain for a while, came home and knew that I wanted to work in the company culture employee experience design space, was quite adamant that that was where I wanted to be started a business in the space focused on employee experience design and then it was actually Don Packett from Missing Link who introduced this guy to me, Brad Shawkin. <laughs> and yeah, the rest, as we say, is history.
0: It's history in the making though, because you know, when 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 you the way you guys talk about it, it's like,
1: yeah, it's it's a
0: it's a great idea, everybody, but it's a massive idea. I mean, this is this is a massive idea with massive implications. Um, Brad, did you ever see yourself working with with another person, with an Andy, for example? That? Now that is a really good question. <laughs> <clears throat> my background: I was an architect,
1: yeah,
0: and
2: um, I ran my practice for about sixteen years.
0: Yeah. Sixteen years practice,
2: and um, yeah, well, it's it, and it was an incredible, incredible journey. I had a, an exceptional business partner. Um, very privileged to have built a business with the partner that, that I had at the time. And the only thing, though, was while we were building that business, and we were very entrepreneurial at the time. We got involved in lots of other businesses. But that was our core focus, and that was the cash cow. We were building a business that um, was a very stressful place. Architecture and construction is not a, it's not a fun place to play, but we were, we were doing it well. Um, but I also felt like I was killing myself slowly but surely. A stressful environment. Um, building a, an environment where people could thrive, But with no intentionality, you know, 20 plus, 25 years ago, business schools didn't exist the way they do now. Online education didn't exist the way it did now. We were accidental leaders. We were just doing it the best we knew how. And and, and kind of creating a, a good experience for the people who worked for us most of the time. When I got out of that game and I decided I'd had enough of architecture because I was a slave to building sites. I just felt like my success in life was contingent on a whole lot of other people who were just going through the motions to get paid. Mm-hmm. And, and that wasn't my internal staff or teams, that was the guys on building sites. I just thought, you know what, this is not what I want anymore and, um, and I needed an escape. And one thing led to another and I found myself re-educating myself and traveling a lot and working into this world of, of, educa- of corporate education, of human education, of helping leaders to think differently. And that's evolved in many different ways. Interesting point, though, is I also made a promise to myself when I got out of the architecture that I was not going to have more businesses where I had to babysit people.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: because as much as I enjoyed leading, I was also f- like a prisoner in that space. And um, I didn't want partners. I didn't want employees. I wanted none of that. And I resisted. I mean, I've been in this industry now. There was an overlap between the two for almost as long as I was in architecture. Um, this is my 15th year doing this now. Mm-hmm. And for many of those years, I just traveled solo. I did my own thing. I arrived in the room. I did a talk, did a facilitation, jumped on a plane. No one to answer to. Could go and climb mountains as much as I wanted.
0: I remember having this <laughs> kind of discussion, which is why I brought the question yeah. up. And then uh, and then Andy came along.
2: But the reason for the choice was there were a lot of people who came along over the years that wanted to dabble and do stuff together and explore. And in, in our game, we, we all do. We're all mm. looking for collaborations and but nothing quite landed. There were one or two really good relationships that are kind of part-time relationships that have materialized along the way with some incredible um, minds and, and, and human beings. But I got to a point when Andy came along and I thought, I'm actually a little bit bored. I, I feel like I need to have someone to think with, to celebrate the highs with, to also have those moments where you really want to have like a bitching session mm-hmm. and say, that sucked. Um, and to inspire, motivate my own thinking as well and we just found a flow and it was an accident we when don introduced us andy and i took a about a year uh, we call it a year of saturdays and we met i mean this is how sad our lives were at the time we met every saturday morning in a coffee shop called guru and um (laughs) (laughs) appropriate which no longer exists and um we uh we just researched we googled what well we googled we, we read we explored we connected with organizations around the world that were great places to work at and we tried to understand what were they all doing that created that these were great places for people to be, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, one thing led to another, and model evolved, uh, which was a, uh, we were demystifying something that was a bit fuzzy, and um, we then had a moment at a conference, uh, is it what three years ago, learning innovation, mm-hmm. and um, I was asked to speak at the conference, and I said four, and I said to Andy, you know what, let's test this uh, research on stage. And I said to Andy, come, let's, uh, let's speak together on the stage. Let's share this model with the world, which for me is a very uncomfortable thing to do because I'm very much a freestyler on stage. Now I've got a person next to me who's waiting for a cue and, and then the tech failed and there was no slides and it was just, <laughs> it was really entertaining on the day. But we shared the model and during the presentation, um, there was a moment where I said, and we are still human. And the whole room of a couple of hundred people went like, <gasps> and we came off the stage and I said to Andy, this is a real thing. Um, let's register a business, let's have a go, and let's call it Still Human. So, so the business is Still Human. The business is called Still Human. Still Human positions itself as a relevance bureau, but let me to simplify that. Still Human specializes really and focuses on helping organizations to switch on and grow human beings in a world that has gone digital crazy. To activate and get the best out of human beings, to reconnect with human beings uh, in order that businesses can thrive in this digital chaos that we're living in.
0: It's, it's a fantastic, fantastic journey. And I mean, when, when I look, I know a little bit more about you and your background, but uh, having chatted to you, Andy, I can see, and there does there does seem to be this flow, this connection between the two of you. You kind of are on the same wavelength, which, you know, to, to meet the Brad of five years ago, I think he was not going to be on the same wavelength as anybody <laughs> uh, you know, and uh, I understand, though, what you say about hating your job and your job sucks. Um, I sold out and went back to the corporate uh, industry, the corporate world for about two, two years um, and, and running a, a small group of companies. And uh, my immediate superior was just an absolute nightmare. You know, rule of tyranny, ruled by fear. Um, you know, people used to kind of like want to shove themselves up against a wall, go, please don't see me, please don't see, in case he was in a bad mood that day. And I went in full of these ideas, I'm going to do this and do that. And in those two years, it was soul-destroying. It was absolutely crushing. And I hated it and I thought, but, you know… And, and so many people, I mean, you know, my, my, my mom is, is from the old school, and she's very much the, shut up, you've got a job, be grateful. And I'm like, I don't like it, that doesn't matter, you're earning money, you're being a responsible citizen. And I'm like, yeah, but I don't care about the money so much. And when I said that, it suddenly struck me. Um, I was very, very money-oriented in the beginning. And then it became like now nah, you can pay me all the money in your in the world i hate this place i hate what i'm doing i hate what it's doing to me and i hate what it does to people um and and what you guys are talking about is fantastic and and I mean, there's a lot of people, I'm saying this, this is not coming out of your mouths, but there's a lot of pay, people paying lip service to this whole, yeah. you know, let's, let's self-actualize, let's get our employees involved and engaged. And it seems like it's the sexy thing to do at the moment. Um, and I don't know if people get the importance of the work that you're doing
1: and it's i think the the exciting thing around that is sure we we get it but we spend all day every day looking at the very real impact that it has on business and on people but especially the employee experience conversation it's it's quite a new term it's being thrown around like a buzzword it's kind of being slapped onto traditional hr and now we're calling it employee experience and it's it's a it's a completely different thing but the, the, what's what's really exciting for us is that even though this is quite a new field, globally, there's so much being done around it and Deloitte, the global human capital trends that come out every year, the, the numbers are really starting to kind of shake people awake. You know, I mean, they've um, the, the global human capital trends for 2019, the companies with the highest employee experience, companies where pe- the best people want to come, do come and choose to stay, where people are having a great experience at work, Double the innovation, double the customer satisfaction, and 25% higher profits. Now, there's not many companies out there that wouldn't do a whole lot for 25% higher profits. Oh, hell yes. Well, and if you can just get involved in and get really intentional about switching people on, growing them, creating environments where human beings thrive, you can get there.
0: We'll talk more about this when we come back because it's absolutely fascinating and I know Brad wants to jump in. Chet, when we come back, it is What's Involved this Monday night. Mix 93.8, such a pleasure to have you with us. Uh, it is What's Involved on this Monday night. My special guests in studio um, is Brad Shawkin and Andy Golding. We're talking about the book. We are still human and work shouldn't suck. Um, And we're also talking about the business, what they do, how they do. I'd love to hear from you, though. What are your thoughts? If you'd like to ask either uh, Andy or Brad any questions, Uh, you can SMS us 41348. Those SMSs are charged at 150. Otherwise, WhatsApp us 84 822 Eight. So, uh, just before the break, Brad was was getting ready to to uh, add something to the conversation. So, Brad, before we get into what you were going to say, you guys have been really kind and you've offered us a couple of prizes. So, um, the, the the one of the, the these two copies of the book that we're going to be giving away, and then we're going to be giving away a main prize. Do you want to talk to me a little bit about that? Cool.
2: So, what Andy and I would like to do is we would like to offer. We'll buy the lunch, a two-hour lunch session with a business owner or a CEO uh-huh. of a business that has at least 10 employees.
0: Okay, so so you've got to have 10 or more. Mm-hmm. You've got to be the owner or the CEO. Correct. And then uh, you're going to be giving away two-hour lunch session and um, you're buying, how awesome are these guys and what we'll talk about at lunch
2: is we'd like to know what's going on for you in your organization and you can throw questions at us and we'll share with you what we're learning what we're researching what we're discovering inside organizations around the world and
0: um, how that might be relevant for you somebody somebody just sent a message in uh, it says it all sounds brilliant but what do they actually do So there we go. What do you actually do? (laughs) Okay. So what we actually do is
2: the first thing is we actually help organizations understand where there are gaps in the experience people are having. What we find, we've got a process we run called an MRI and the MRI assists organizations to understand the touch points of experience. And it's a process that we take the organization through in various levels and layers. And um, to date, what we found is that every leadership team to which we've presented the results has been shocked by what they think the experience is that people are having compared to what the real experience is that people are having. And when we say experience... Uh, Obviously, if people are familiar with the book, they'll understand that there are the 12 essentials of a company behaving awesomely, and those are the touch points of experience. And they cover things like meaningful communication, innovation with intent, knowledge flow, recognition, and so we go. And these are the critical things that, um, as we said, the best organizations around the world to work for obsess about getting right that create these exceptional experiences. Once we've assisted an organization to understand what the experience is that the people in that organization are having within a system to devise the strategies uh, in terms of the various areas of the organization in terms of how to shift that experience uh, and those experience touch points. And it's not all bad news. We, we work on what are the awesome things that are going on that we need to be doing more of and amplifying and then what are the potential uh, weak spots, um, the, the mission criticals as we call them,
0: where some work and attention needs to be paid. The, the general sort of feeling though is that corporate South Africa... Is stagnant, stuck in the past. It's run by a bunch of old people that that really don't care. Yada yada yada. All they care about is the bottom line. Um, is that necessarily the truth, Andy?
1: Yes and no, and it depends. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is such a radio answer. <laughs> yes, no, maybe.
1: Look, okay. if I'm if I'm completely honest, we've we've seen it all. Mm-hmm. There is a lot of very stuck thinking in some organizations. But the exciting thing that we're seeing is that in a whole lot of organizations, this realization and awakening that The world of work has changed. We no longer need people to move this widget from point A to point B. That's not what we're really employing people for, especially in the knowledge workspace, you know, where where we require people to bring their best thinking. We need people to bring their ideas, their perspective, their problem-solving ability. And so what's starting to happen is companies are realizing that the old ways of doing things just don't work anymore. They work to a point, and we can get some stuff from people, but if you're wanting to be a magic-baking, high-impact organization, it's got to become about switching people on and growing them.
0: Because, I mean, w- what you're saying is is one of those things where I would go, but listen, surely for any business, it is common sense. But unfortunately, the thing about common sense is it's not very common. Exactly. Um, because, you know, you would think invest in your staff invest in your employees happy employees equal happy customers uh it it doesn't always happen that way what 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 are we what are we doing about bread so
2: you would think it's common sense and as you say common sense is not so common i think what we find the most frequent problem is is people's interpretation of what investing your employees really means and it's not about um, pink couches and free popcorn on Fridays. It's about what understanding what people's fundamental base requirements are and how they want to be treated. What it is that switches people on emotionally and gets them to want to contribute and participate. What it is that makes people feel safe to innovate and take chances. What it is that makes people actually care enough to care about your customers. And so it goes back to basic humaning and the elements of people wanting to show up and contribute and give you their best and the problem is that leaders largely don't think about these things strategically they don't have business leaders don't have what we call people strategy they're not actually thinking about the fundamentals of when i'm driving to work in the morning these x amount of people that i'm going to be engaging with what is it that i'm going to be doing today that's going to get them to show up and not because i'm beating them with a stick but because they want to come on board because they're buying in and they get this and um, so we talk a lot about people's strategy, the links between people's strategy and culture, and um, intentional leadership. Because ultimately, all of this is a product of leadership. It, you know, We have a lot of clients who come along, and they want to create change, and the story is, fix them. And they mm. point a layer or two down. Fix yeah. them. Yeah. They're the problem. Mm-hmm. And what we found is in many of the organizations we've worked in, especially where we've been mandated by a CEO who's been switched on enough to say, tell me what's going on. Very often we found uh, that the problem has been identified at, as an, at an executive level, at an exco level. And there's usually a tyrannical leader who's made a lot of money, has got a lot of sway and power, and people are fearing this person, but nobody wants to speak up about it. Uh, the problem is that other people watch these behaviors and they go, ah, that's how i become successful and now you've got a real problem so we we also focus a lot on what are the behaviors that you celebrate and what are the behaviors that you don't tolerate because while you're building, you can be breaking equally fast. And it's really a, a dance, and it's a, it's a dance of leadership. None of this
0: happens if it's not driven hard by conscious and intentional leadership. Which is, I mean, yeah, I've just got another message in. Hello, guys. Great work. Uh, we have a good company that uh, pro- promotes you uh, on your achievements, yet there is a silent expectation driving late nights. That no one should talk about, yet it is expected. How do you approach a company that is doing great and tell them we're quite tired and we'd like to see our families more often? This is the kind of thing. Yep. I worked with somebody at one stage, and um, they, and this was when I was uh, joined the ranks of the salaried again. And um, you know, I said, you know, you could actually, do, you could do so much good by just telling the people that they're doing a good job. And the reply was, why? I pay them. They don't thank me for their salary. So naturally, me being me, I used to walk walk in on the 25th of every single month and sit down and say, thank you so much for paying me. (laughs) Yeah, no, it didn't go down well, hey? Mm. uh, I'm not surprised by that. (laughs) But, But this is it. I mean, here we go. Um, I got into trouble, same place. I got into trouble because I wasted, in inverted commas, time in the morning because I took time out to go and talk to all of the staff when I got to work. Well, normally I'd be there, I'd be there first because that's one of the things I believed in. Um, and I would go and say, hello, from, from the, the cleaners, the tea ladies, all the way up, how are you? You know, um, Say to the tea lady, how is how's your child? I believe uh, she had flu and she wasn't. And you know what, just that just that showing up and letting somebody know that you care has such a huge impact and yet corporate south africa largely screws it up
1: well i mean that's the basics of good humaning and exactly to what brad was talking about just now most of the work that we do is just about getting back to doing good humaning in business and a lot of the time, it's, it's a lot easier because of the way we've always done things to talk about good humaning and say we, we you know, it's, it's kind of, it's important to us. But what we do, the real versus the, the perceived is entirely different. So we say we really care about our employees' well-being and we want you guys to have a good balance. You know, we need you to have your off time and see your families at night. But the people that we're rewarding... The people that we're promoting, the people that we're recognising, are the guys who are pulling the all-nighters. And the question then becomes: as an organisation, do you just say that you value this balance thing and you value people having time in their lives? Because if that's what you say, that's what you need to reward, and that's the celebrate tolerate that Brad was talking about. Because it's, it's it's very easy to say a whole lot of stuff around people, mm. but where the rubber hits the road is: do you act on it, and do you act on it in a completely non-negotiable way? You know, so to to exactly what you were saying around um, we the what what the what the listener wrote in about rewarding this under this undercurrent of people working late hours. My question is: Have the management, first of all, are the management acknowledging it? Are they just kind of sweeping it under the rug? And has there been an open conversation around? Listen, guys, this is not what we expect.
0: Mm.
1: Or, when it does happen, it should be the exception. Or if you're doing it too often, there's something wrong. We have got to figure out how do we, how do we, because there's something wrong in the process. If we can only get our work done after hours, something's wrong in the ways of working in the organisation.
0: Which is true because it, it becomes that kind of thing. It's almost like a badge of honour. I pulled an all, all nighter last night, and I was, I would always ask why. Why, why did yeah. you? Why did you have to do that? One of my more spectacular explosions ended up when uh, I told somebody that uh, they have a bunch of human doings that work mm. there as opposed to human beings. <laughs> um, so that also, I, I score popularity points wherever I go. Um, Brad, before we get to you, there's a question here, so Andy. Obviously, you. Uh, how's it, Andy? Danny here. Question: What about the member that takes advantage of this ideology? Say your boss chooses to start implementing uh, the guy who basically shows the boss that the guys have the capacity to take advantage. Danny, having read that question, I do not understand any of it. Um, could you could you please, maybe I just read it wrong, but please could you make it a little simpler for me uh, so that I can understand. Sorry, Andy, I, I didn't read the whole thing. A great cop- great uh, topic tonight, staying at the office until all hours doesn't equate to productivity. Absolutely. Yes, there we go. Brad, now, so, now, you're the deep thinker as well here about this because you've you've done a lot of thought about... This whole thing. Are you a Tim Ferriss fan? Very much a Tim Ferriss fan. Thank
2: you. He's a very smart guy. Continue. (laughs) (laughs) So to add on uh, and add a little bit more in a slightly different direction, um, there's another element here that needs to be considered. And in May, I think this year, the World Health Organization declared burnout, classified it as a medical condition. Burnout previously was just a word. It is now medical. Now, that comes with all sorts of complexities in terms of uh, medical aids because you're now going to get the lazy guy who's declaring burnout even though it's just some basic workplace stress. So that's got to be managed in one space. But most people think that burnout is the product of the late nights. Uh, And it's not that. It's an element. That's working hard. You'll be tired. Burnout is actually a psychological construct. Based on a lack of uh, psychological safety, you don't feel safe. A lack of a sense of belonging. uh, Not being able to perform at your highest levels of efficacy. So not your true potential. These are things that create that people burn out. People get sick. Now, as a business leader, if you are aware, or not aware, but need to become aware, that the environment you're creating and sustaining is doing this to people, you're effectively killing people, because the incidence of workplace-related illness is higher these days. These are the, the statistics than sugar-related and smoking-related illnesses. This is the epidemic we're facing. Higher than sugar-related and smoking-related smoking illnesses. Workplace stress-related wow. disease, chronic illness caused by workplace-related stress. That's where the the current information is sitting. So, and I don't want to go too deep into the stats. No, no, that's that's sure. researchable. But now if you somebody who creates experience for people who come to work and it's doing that to them, uh, you need to really think twice about what it is you're waking up in the morning to do. And that's whether you're leading people or just engaging with colleagues around you. You know, we create, there are no neutral moments. Every moment creates a negative or a positive experience for another human being that impacts physiologically and emotionally and that ultimately compounds into their uh, their physical and mental condition. So these are things we need to become really, really aware of. Well, and, and, and sorry, one last comment. And I'm not even talking about business impact here because at the end of the day, the work that we do is designed to create high-functioning businesses. High-functioning people optimally accessed high-functioning businesses to remain relevant in today's workplace because there's an innovation link as well. But I'm just yeah. talking about pure human decency around the awareness of wellness.
0: Well, one of, one of my big wake-up calls was um, my dad was literally on on his deathbed. And he turned around to me and he quoted, I think it was, I can't remember exactly who it was. But he said, please promise me one thing, son, that you will not do what I have done and lead a life of quiet desperation. Gosh. And he was in the corporate world his whole life, and that 's what ultimately led to his death. I mean he had heart failure, uh, but it was that it was that kind of stress, and where people get treated like like numbers or, or worse like animals and i 've seen a whole bunch of that we 're going to come back and talk some more, um and then we 'll ask about where uh, we'll ask a question I think or two and uh, we 'll give you some uh, some prizes because that book we are still human, and work shouldn 't suck brilliant 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 book what 's involved. We're almost out of time. Uh, before, you be 40. Can't help falling in love. We need some more love in the workplace. The messages have come flooding and I hope, I hope CEOs, uh, bosses, managers are listening tonight. I've got another one, two, three, four, five, six, seven in since we spoke. People saying, I wish my boss was listening. I wish my manager was listening. Uh, somebody else says, I wish, I wish he was listening to this program. He would learn a lot. The question is, um, and, and one of my, my great mentors, I'll give you the clean version. I, I use the other version when I'm not on radio. Uh, and, and he always used to say to me, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't force it to do bad things to the fish. Um, and, and you know, that's the thing. There's there's The, the information is there. The technology is there. It's gotta start somewhere. So so let's get on to we're gonna give away. So we make it easy. Let's make it easy. Okay. Um there's there's three prizes. We're giving away two books, okay? So uh if you can tell me what is the title of the book and uh, get it right. Um it's by Brad Shawk and Andy Golding. We are still human and work shouldn't suck. Um so if you can let me know about that. And also if you are a CEO. Because I don't think you can really nominate your your CEO or your immediate boss. You know what I mean? Uh, Because they might take offense and go, problem? What problem? There is no problem here. Shut up or you're fired. Um, but if you are listening, if you are a progressive person, 10 people or more in your, your company, you are the CEO or the owner, uh, do me a favor, WhatsApp me right now, 084-822-0938. Um, also, if you would like to win a copy of that book, you can SMS 41348. SMS is charged at 150. Otherwise, WhatsApp 84 938 So you mentioned here that uh that that this book is is a handbook it's a manual um who is this book for i know ceos yes owners yes what about you know the people that are are at other levels maybe you're maybe got a small business like me yeah so the book is actually for every
2: single human being who wakes up in the morning and goes to engage with other human beings in the workplace Uh, We are all constantly creating experiences with the people around us. Every single moment, every reaction, every knee jerk, every considered or unconsidered response creates something for someone else. And uh, when you understand and when you're intentional around that, you have the power to change their experience. You also have the power to change the influence you have over them constructively, positively. And so while we were writing it, we were very conscious not for it to feel like it was exclusively for leaders. Leaders with title, that is. That it is a book that's written for every single person who engages other human beings. There is a a subsection in each of the, the chapters, for lack of a better word, which is the leader's lens. If you're a busy business leader, you can dive in, you can look for the highlighted blocks. They'll give you the essence of what that section was about. If you want to go deeper, you obviously can access more. But we're aware that people read differently. So we wrote it to be read in four different ways. It's visual so there's lots of pictures that, that will tell the story it can be read cover to cover it can be read via the leader's lens and you can literally open it up anywhere and read it from whatever page you open it up on and that's just to tickle all the different brain types
0: the reason and, and, and I'm I'm smiling you can't see it but I'm smiling now because um, when Brad and, and Andy were telling me about the book I'm like Dig the pictures, dig the cartoons, everything, because I, I, I speak picture, which is good. Um, and then they went, and you can open it up and read it anywhere. And I'm like, no, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. This, cover to cover is how it's... It is a fantastic book, though, because of the way that it has been written. I initially thought, uh-oh, this is going to be highbrow, and it's going to be all this sort of fancy academic theory. It's not. And, and it, it boils down to being human, our human beingness. And I just found when I work with other people, simple things like a genuine hello, a genuine how are you? Because how many times, um, you know, somebody says to you, hi, hello, how are you? And they carry on because in their head, you've already answered fine. Now in my book, uh, fine stands for fouled up, insecure, neurotic and emotional. So when I say fine, you're getting the whole bunch there. Oh, um, but, you know, to, to actually care about your fellow, man, why have we lost this? I don't know. But, but where do we start? We spend so much time at work. I think you guys are onto a
1: brilliant thing here. Thank you. I mean, I'm biased, but I agree with you.
0: <laughs> yes, <laughs> agreement.
1: I think… And I think the the reason that the book has had the response that it has and that why it's resonating so much with people is because we've done something really simple with it in that we've taken something traditionally incredibly highbrow, if I can use your language, and complex and vague, and we've made it simple English. You know, we, we spent a long time researching, gathering, understanding, building this model, and then the second massive part of that project was to Englishify it put it into language that everybody gets because it's it's to exactly what Brad was saying every human being who gets up in the morning and goes to engage with other people should be able to and should get this and that was the intention behind the model that we built how we worded the the model and how we wrote every single word of the book that everybody should just get it off the bat
0: and I, and I think they will. Just, again, let's, let's talk about the, 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 the prize that we're giving away to a business owner and a CEO. So, it's a two-hour lunch meeting, all right? Lunch will be on you. As in and on us, Brad yes, and Andy. Yes, Brad and Andy. And then <laughs> you will discuss with them what's happening in their business. Now, if I'm listening and I, and, and I know my CEO is open-minded or I am a CEO or a business owner, I would be on the phone right now going, dude, really because uh, this is worth a lot of money i mean let's be honest you guys you guys this is what you do for a living and uh it is very high-end stuff so this is worth a substantial amount of money um and and brad and andy have been kind enough to do that uh you got roughly four or five minutes left of the show so get those in uh, congratulations you can stop messaging now um i do have uh a, a couple of winners uh winning uh the book one winner uh, is sean h the station will be in touch with you congratulations our second winner of the book um, is the randomizers busy working and who is this from we've got a oh karen karen uh, well done you have also won a copy of that book uh, it'll be uh, delivered to you compliments of nightwing couriers somebody from the station will be in touch so before we end before we end Uh, Two things I'm going to ask you. Andy, advice for uh, business owners, CEOs. What one piece of advice would you give them? And then Brad, I'm going to ask you about where to next for you guys as a company.
1: I think the one piece of advice is you can't read the label from inside the jar. And as a business owner, the, the movie that you're watching play out of your business is very different to the movie that your employees are watching play out and you may be having a great experience at work because you, because of where you sit in the organization and you know the rules may apply differently or maybe you, you're the person who makes the rules. But just because you're having a good experience makes it a very, very, very dangerous assumption that your employees themselves are having a good experience. So don't make the assumption, don't get stuck in the assumption that employee experience is good. Make an effort to genuinely find out and make the necessary changes. Thank you. Can you imagine? Can you just
0: imagine what it would be like if your staff and you as a staff member are happy going to work? Can you imagine not having to get up with that dread, that hollow feeling in the pit of your stomach? It can be done. Brad, to wrap up.
2: Where to from here? So um, the one way to is we're busy crafting the, uh, the next book and Sucker. it will be a build on this. Um, quite, a, quite a funky uh, process we're putting together. There's something very impactful, very meaningful that's been a learning from this book. And also another way too is we're taking everything we've designed. There's been a, a lot of new research and new technology, new models since the book. And um, we are currently packaging that for a global impact. We're looking at having partners around the world who are delivering this work into organizations around the world.
0: I think not only around the world, but I think we've got huge potential up into Africa. Very much so. Very and, much and, so. And I must warn you, if you're a South African listening to this, the rest of Africa are catching on very, very quickly. Pay attention. Um, where do people get hold of the book, number one?
2: The book is available at uh, all good bookstores, exclusive books, also online at Amazon, at takealot.com, at Loot. Um mm-hmm. Even I saw it at Macro Online. So, um, awesome. Yeah, so it's it's broadly available. Uh-huh. And um, we are available at uh,
0: brad or andy at stillhuman.co.za. Brad, Andy, A-N-D-Y, by the way, A-N-D-Y. Uh, at uh, stillhuman.co.za can they get the book from you let's just say we no, like, can get the book I from I want from to get us the well. book direct from you absolutely can we there's, there's people like me that love to collect autographed books absolutely so, uh, this is going mine's going to a place of pride <laughs> Brad Andy thank you so much for taking the time out um, I know Brad you've been ill you just uh, kind of you know got released yesterday did you say yeah he's got out of hospital we won't go into what it was um, but uh, Brad was not well and I'm not I, I don't think I've ever heard Brad saying he hasn't been well really because Brad likes to be fit. How do you cope? I'm just ending with that, are you also a fitness freak like he is?
1: Yes, indeed. Aww. So uh, Brad and I climb mountains in different ways. Brad, Brad walks up them; I tend to scale them up the side. Um, are you
0: are you of the rock climbing persuasion?
1: I am of the rock climbing persuasion. Also, the ultimate frisbee persuasion.
0: Oh, ultimate frisbee! Yeah. And we have to bring you back on totally unrelated <laughs> subjects then. Guys, thank you, thank you, thank, thank you. Thank you. Uh, you. It's been absolutely brilliant. Thanks to the winners as well. Um, and thank you for listening.